Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. And welcome to another episode of Ride Around the Road. Today we're crossing the paddock over to New Zealand, Auckland, and I have the beautiful, beautiful uh, Jackie Ashenden with me. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, hi. <laughs> so nice of you to have me. I've, I've embarrassed her, everybody. Uh, now, <laughs> before we even start, Jackie, uh, Jackie is a uh, romance author, a prolific romance author, uh, with some really amazing uh, publishers behind her. She's got Kensington Press, she's got uh, St. Martin's Press, uh, she's just released her first dare, I think it is, with uh, Harlequin yes. Mills and Boone. So, yep. All I can say is when I sat down, everyone, to research this lady, I was absolutely blown away. Jackie, how long have you been writing for? Well, I have been writing since I was about 12 and I am now uh, 46, 47. So that's a long time, but I've only been published six, seven years. Oh, actually five maybe. (laughs) I'm not quite sure. It all blends into one after a while. Yeah. Now, if um, you've only been published for such a short period of time, Jackie, and this is what this is what um, gave me my in everybody when I was doing my research this morning. Jackie is the first author that I've ever come across that actually has to list her books by theme because there's so many of them. <laughs> All right. Now, I I unearthed bikers, millionaires, and military men. Okay. So, how many books have you actually published or had published? Uh, through traditional publishers, everyone, and they, they notoriously slow writers down, but they don't seem to talk to you at all. <laughs> well, I, I'm just trying to think. I knew <laughs> for 30 something, 38 books. Some of them are shorter than others, though. So they're different, different. Like I've got a few novellas as well. So, yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to do the maths here, everybody, and I'm really bad at it. 30, 35 books <laughs> in five, seven years, it's a, it's a lot of books. Uh, now, yes. I was really impressed uh, just starting off uh, with your most recent beautiful, beautiful book cover, Raw Power. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, um, what would you like to ask about that? All right. With, with Raw Power, it is, it's published by Kensington, is it? Or St. Yes. Martin's Press, Kensington? No, um, Raw Power is published by Kensington. Yeah. Now, Kensington is a huge publisher or used to be in the olden days. Now, I I've got a fashion, everybody. I haven't looked at this stuff for ages, but as soon as I saw Kensington and St. Martin's Press, they're the guys that you used to pitch to or I used to pitch to in the early days. I'm talking 20 years ago. And these guys, they're the biggies, aren't they? Kensington Press is the biggie of um, romance writing, isn't he? Isn't it? Um, Kensington is actually, I I think it's family owned. Um, and it's one of, it's actually one of the smaller romance publishers. Like it's not, I don't think it's one of the big five. Um, but St. Martin's is owned by Macmillan. So that definitely is a big publisher. Yes. Yeah. See, told you I knew what I was talking about, everybody. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It changes so fast though, really. Yeah. And that's, and I guess, um, I've only ever seen Kensington on sort of airport novels, blockbuster novels. So when I saw Raw Power put out by these guys, I'm figuring that must be, uh, mainstream more, more so than category romance. Um, is Kensington doesn't publish category, it publishes single title romance, which is what Raw Power is. And Raw Power is actually a trade paperback, so it's the big format books. 
um, as opposed to mass market, which is, you know, the, the smaller paperbacks, the smaller, cheaper paperbacks. Um, but they do have several romance imprints. Yeah. Uh, and that, so, look, I, I think I'm right, everybody, but I'm going to run away and do some more homework. I think Kensington, to be published by then, is, is an indication, A, that you're really good, and B, <laughs> that they, they value you as an author. Is, how many books have you got published with them now? I published a series last year. Uh, that's the Motor City Royals series with them in trade paperback. Um, and so this is my second series with them now. Um, and they've been an excellent publisher. Yeah. Is uh, Raw Power number one in the series or has it been? Yes, two? it is. Yep. And you've yep. got, now everyone, I, I, did, I, do, I will get this one right. Uh, your list for this year, you've got three out already, Raw Power, Ruined and The Undercover Billionaire. And you've got yeah. four more to come, Total Control, Destroyed, King's Price and Hard, Hard Night. Don't even want to go there. Yes. Uh, but... But you, you must be a prolific writer um, if, you, if you're yes. tuning out this. So I just wanted to unpack the publishers first, everybody, because um, I think these trade paperbacks and these single titles, I guess it's what um, a lot of traditionally published authors aspire to. Uh, so we'll move on from that and I'll find out some more about it for you, everybody, just to find out what the guidelines are and how you pitch to them and all that kind of stuff. Although I am going to talk to Jackie about, she's got some advices, advice on pitches, um, pitches, synopses and proposals that we'll talk about. About later okay tell us tell us about raw power tell us tell us what kind of book it is well it's a romantic suspense um it's erotic romantic suspense i guess is what you say um and it is about a sort of a, a secret organization of ex-military people and actually what the pitch that I did to my publisher was uh, gender swap Charlie's Angels. And uh, so instead of the female angels, we have the male angels and then who are told to do jobs by the mysterious sort of Charlie figure. Except Charlie, I should have maybe had Charlie be a woman, but um, to be honest with you, I was more interested in him, in him as a potential hero. So he stayed a man. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, everyone, as as we talk to Jackie and start to unpack your writing process, you're, you write psychological thrillers and you're interested in the character's internal workings, aren't you? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Uh, I'm a character-driven novelist, so um, to really the, the plot kind of takes a back seat to my characters. That's how it works. Yeah, and that's, and that's really interesting because when I think of thrillers, I think of knives and I think of, actually, I don't know much about thrillers except they're usually fairly violent. But these internal angst, you stay away from the violence, don't you? You, you, you deal with the inner workings. Well, for, a, for romance, uh, I think it's best to keep the violence on the down low. With, uh, when, when you're doing romantic suspense, it's a bit difficult. Different if you're writing um, urban uh, sort of, UF, urban fantasy and things like that. But, yeah, I, I do keep the violence to a minimum because I don't think that's why romance readers read romance. Yeah, and you were a librarian back in another life? Yes. Yes, I was a librarian for about 15 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and now living happily ever after as a, as a romance author. Yes. Uh, now, your writing process, you said you used to be mm -hmm. a pantser, but now you you 
give a lot more thought to your to your story outlines by talking. I think it's your friend Maisie, is that correct? Yes, Macy. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yes, I, I mean, I, um, I still am a pencil, but I do do a little bit more plotting than I used to. Yeah. And when you've got so many stories on the go, do you write one at once or do you, have you got a few stories happening at the same time? Uh, I used to have a couple on the go. These days I find it easier just to write one and get that out of my head so to speak. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) let's talk about the prolific side of things. What's your writing schedule look like? Uh, Well, well, last year it was kind of a nightmare, to be honest. Um, I took on too much. This year it's a little bit less so. So um, um, Actually, I'm, I'm sort of looking for, uh, I'm going to be signing new contracts, hopefully. Uh, so at the moment, I haven't really got anything. But um, uh, I've got other things I'm going to be doing. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, I'm not quite sure how to unpack that one. How exciting. Okay, so if you were, when you're writing on a day-to-day basis, would you, I'm assuming you, you type, you don't use dictation? I don't use dictation. I tried it once, but I, the learning curve was just a bit too much for me at the time. So maybe in the future I'll have to, but uh, at the moment I'm happy typing. Yeah. Do, do you spend all day at, at, your work, at your workspace? It really depends on my deadlines. Um, how, I normally, how I normally do it is that I have a word count every day that I need to do in order to meet my deadline. Uh, and some days... I'll write a lot more if I'm in the zone and some days I'm not in the zone so I don't push it and I I just when I'm in the zone I write quite fast so I've never missed a deadline I've got to I've got to ask you talk to us about your zone we all want to know about the zone everybody don't we okay being a (laughs) prolific writer in the zone I'm asking all these questions here and I'm trying to draw you out talk to us process yeah the problem is my process is, is is just I sit down and I write. That's all it is. I just sit down and I write. When I'm in the zone, meaning I'm totally with my character's emotions, I'm totally in my character's heads, and it just kind of comes out. I don't have to think about what am I going to write next. I know automatically the characters just say the stuff. They just say it. And sometimes, I mean, people, writers do talk about the way that their characters sometimes just do things and they had no idea that the character was going to do that. That's me. Sometimes I have a plan for my story and then the character will go, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. And it's like, what? Don't do that. So there you go, everybody. We're, we're 10, 15 minutes into this interview and we have finally got what I wanted um, out of it. And just, <laughs> all right. No, it's it's amazing. And that zone, as you said, it comes with experience, it comes with practice and it comes with yes. with you trusting in the process, doesn't it? You've got to trust in that process. Yes, yes, you do. And the, the other thing that I think that writers need to know is that sometimes your process changes. It's, it, it, it evolves and becomes something different. A lot of people, I think, get trapped by their process and say, oh, I can't change it, it's just my process. But you can, you can change it. 
Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit further about that? That's really interesting. How how is your process? Does your process change from book to book, or or have you evolved as a as a writer as as you become, I guess, more experienced and write deeper books and things like that? It comes with experience. Um, I have written a lot of books, and just over, it's just that, that you know that thousand hours. The more that you do it. Uh, the more that you kind of become aware of, of what you need to know before you start a book or when you're in the process of writing a book. Um, I think about my own process a lot and, um, I, you know, what I need when it comes to writing a book so that I'm never going, oh, you know, what have I missed? I kind of, when I get to that point, I do know, I think, ah, this is what I've missed. So being familiar with your own process, I think, is a really good thing. Um, I was going to say something of deep import, and now I've forgotten what I was going to say. (laughs) Sounds like what I do all the time. (laughs) Thinking about the process a lot, and I think that uh, your friend that you bounce your ideas off, you do a lot of pre-thinking before you start to write nowadays, what some people would call drafting or planning, wouldn't they? I guess so. I mean, when I first started writing, I used to do about five drafts of a book. Um, But that was before I kind of learned what I needed, you know, the structure of a romance novel and what I needed to know about character and things before and conflict. And once all those things started to come together, I I don't, I just do, I do one draft. I, I never rewrite. Some things I have to, depends on the book, but most of the time I do one draft. Um, but before that, I do a lot of thinking and I talk to my critique partner, Macy, um, and we talk on Skype and we bounce ideas off each other. Um, and that's we do a lot of talking before I start down to write. And it's usually talking about the characters. It's not so much plot. Yeah. Now, that's really interesting, everyone, because... Uh, there, there used to be myths out there that if you talk about your books, uh, then you won't write them. But as you said, you, you have this wonderful critique partner who clearly understands you very well. And when you start to unpack those characters by bouncing things off another writer, and especially someone who's empathetic, you, you would find that process very beneficial. Oh, it's, it's, I find it very necessary for me as a writer. I mean, some people will have a different way of doing it but that really works for me and, and often when I get to a like I might be halfway through the book and things just aren't quite gelling for me I'll need to talk to Macy and just get her take on it yeah and getting up and walking away and going back to the thinking process trusting in your subconscious would you say that yes. things are going to come up yes often when I find often I'll come to a real roadblock in a book and I have found that getting up like knocking my head against a brick wall trying to figure it out doesn't work. You've got to get up, go and do something else, give your brain a break. Showers, <laughs> showers really work. And going for a walk always works for me. Yeah. And again, everyone, it's that trusting in the process. And I don't think it's anything that anyone can teach you. I think, I think people can encourage you to trust in the process, but you have to, as you said, you either have to be in the zone or you have to be writing and you have to not panic. Would that, would that be fair to say don't panic? Yeah. Yeah. Don't panic. I mean, yeah, it is, it is a trusting yourself thing. Um, and you, you do have to trust yourself that eventually your brain will (laughs) kind of get its head around the thing that you're, the roadblock um but yeah panicking about it doesn't help 
Yeah. And do you find that uh, your books are all the better for, I guess, you you practising and practising and practising over the years until now your confidence level allows you to go deeper into your characters? Yeah. I mean, I approach my characters from a psychological point of view. So it is very much about them and their upbringings and, you know, the flaws that they have and, you know, the various tragedies, et cetera, that have happened in their lives. Um, And, um, yeah, that is very psychological. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, look, everybody, Jackie's making this sound, I think, you're not making it sound easy at all, but you're, you're making it sound, I think, to me, that, that there's, you can learn craft and you can learn skill, but in order to be a dedicated writer um, who has a passion for a craft is something that takes lots of practice. I think you mentioned the thousand hours. Yeah. I mean, when look, I've been writing for 20 years, but it wasn't until I started writing for publication that I actually started learning about craft and the structure of a book. I spent a long time, I spent about five years trying to get published and nobody would take my books. Um, And the problem was that although my writing was actually quite good, I didn't know how to structure a book and I didn't really know how how to put together a character. I did not want to learn craft. I did not. (laughs) I thought I could do it on instinct and my instincts were okay, but they weren't that great, to be honest. And it wasn't until I started learning about craft and how to structure a book that it all started coming together. It was actually kind of a painful learning curve, to be honest with you. But when when it comes to putting together a book, you do need to know how a book is put together. Yeah. Um, because you can't edit a book without knowing how you put it together in the first place. Yeah. And and this is this is crucial, everybody, and, and I'm just sitting back and listening now. Okay, how did you learn? What what kind of what did you do? <sighs> well, look, I'll be honest, books and stuff did not work for me. I I I can't I I, I didn't take I mean I I did read craft books, but I couldn't take them in. I couldn't apply them to my own writing. Uh, there was little sort of moments at conferences, uh, to, to sitting in workshops where I just got little bits and pieces. But the way I learned was just by writing. It was practice. It was talking to my friend Macy. Um, it was getting some feedback from editors as well because I was getting rejections with feedback. Um, and it, it's just sort of being aware of how I was writing and what I wasn't doing and trying to figure out what I wasn't doing that was leading to all these rejections. Um, and I will, I, I, can I tell you the, the, the way I actually got my first book published? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Um, well, at the time I was trying to write for publication for Harlequin and I kept getting rejected and rejected and rejected. And, you know, I was trying to write myself into a small box that, that I thought that the editors wanted and it was it was painful it was really painful process um, and I was on the verge of giving up and and writing had become something that instead of what I loved doing it had become just just a painful thing that I didn't want to do and I thought no I can't I can't keep doing this because I, I love writing and I need to find that joy again so I just wrote something that was just for me 
it was an idea that wasn't suitable for Harlequin. So, but I just thought, I'm just going to write it and I don't care. I don't care what people think of it. I don't care what the editors think. It might not, nothing might ever happen with it. So I just wrote this book and it just went beautifully, just flowed completely. Um, and my friend Macy, who read it, said, um, you need to send this out to a publisher because it's really good. And I was just like, oh, I didn't want to. I, it was just my book. It wasn't for anybody else. But I did send it out. Um, and I forgot about it, actually. I sent it out to a Samhain Publishing that is no longer, sadly. And um, uh, 16 weeks later, I got my first acceptance in an email. And it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> But it was the book that I wrote that, uh, for me, and somehow all the stuff that I had learned about character and structure came together in this book. Um, and that was it. That was the start of it. Yeah. Now, everyone, this is pretty powerful stuff. And, and <laughs> it is. It's, it's what we don't talk about enough, Jackie. And, and I love hearing your story. And I love your, your openness and your honesty. Because uh, there, are, there are so many books out there. There is so much stuff out there. But I, only this morning, I had a friend of mine, Sherry McCarthy, she made me this wonderful, wonderful signpost. And it had writing is a doing activity, which is a little quote that I run around saying all the time. And she's made me a poster of it. What, what you're explaining to me and what I'm hearing and what we should take on board, everyone, is that the only way to get better at the craft is to sit down and do it. And uh, I think you're, you're obviously a deep thinking person because that, that keeps shining out as well. Yeah, yeah, I do think a lot. <laughs> I think a lot about writing. Uh, I think a lot about publishing. I, I'm probably a publishing bore, quite frankly, because that's all I sort of talk about. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think when it comes to character and comes to, you know, putting books together, think about your process, think about your craft, think about your characters and just write it because as you said, writing is a doing activity. And the only way you get better at it is by keep keeping doing it and also wanting to improve. Because I think that a lot of people just write and then they stick their books out and they don't pay attention to craft. Uh, and I think you should because it makes for a better reading experience. Yeah. And that's why some people, I think, they look back at their earlier novels and they have a bit of a cringe. Uh, yep. Now, I know you're traditionally published and you don't have that opportunity to go back and fix them. But I was speaking to another author recently on the podcast, Kevin Tumlinson, and he was saying mm -hmm. that one of the advantages of indie publishing is you can go back to those earlier books and you can fix them. And so when your readers go and find them later, they go, oh, wow, these are really good first novels, not realising that they've actually been rewritten. Right. <laughs> Well, look, I, I had my, my early books from Sam Hain all returned to me, uh, the rights returned, and I put them on, I've put three of them up, uh, two of them, uh, anyway, um, and I did actually think about going back and rewriting some of them, and I just thought, no, because those are the books I wrote at that particular time, and those are my first books, and they, I just didn't see the point, quite frankly, of fixing them because uh, they you know I don't know I, I just thought that they need they were they were written at a particular point in time um and it just didn't seem worth going back 
Yeah, and it's a really interesting discussion, isn't it? Because you've grown so much. I'm sorry, I'm assuming you've mm. you've grown so much yes, as, as a writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, and you can't fail to after you've written so many books. <laughs> yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you will always continue to learn new things and learn new things about yourself and and go deeper into, I guess, the psyche of your characters. Yes, yes, I think so. I mean, each each book is different. Um, and presents its own challenges. Yeah. Now, are you going to stick to the, uh, psychological thrillers? Are you going to all the romance thrillers or are you going to try something else? Well, um, I love writing romance and I will keep on writing romance because it is uh, just it is one of my favourites. I am actually trying at the moment to write something a bit different, which is actually a psychological thriller. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just something I'm playing around with at the moment because you've got to keep yourself fresh and it's good to try different things. Yeah. And I think from a personal perspective, you're, you're clearly speaking to me from a position of passion that this is, this is your <laughs> life and this is your it passion. Is. I yeah, love everybody. Really I think we should all be like this. <laughs> uh, and, and you want to challenge yourself. You want to grow. Oh, you yes, you want to try things. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard actually changing genres and writing something completely different because I know the romance genre very well and but writing something outside it, that's, that's difficult. I mean, how do you structure it? You know, all of that kind of stuff. It's, but it is, you're right, it's absolutely a challenge. Yeah, and sometimes everyone, um, publishers want you to publish under a different name. I'm thinking of Nora Roberts here. You know, she has yeah. all her romances under one name and then yeah. some of her thrillers under another name something rob i think it is isn't it jd rob jd rob yeah uh, that's and right. that, yeah and that's an interesting changeover and yeah. i never read any of her thrillers but i read her romantic suspense stories which is interesting well she had to do jd rob because her publishers wouldn't publish her under nora roberts because she is another very prolific author so um she she had to do it under another name <laughs> Yeah, I love Nora Roberts, everybody. I think she's absolutely beautiful. She's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm leading to this question because this is a conversation Jackie and I had before we started. On on Jackie's website, everybody, is this lovely quote, a a pseudo-literary writer by day (laughs) and an obsessive romance writer by night. And I asked Jackie about this and she said, not anymore because she's... (laughs) So prolific. Do you think you'll go back and have a go at, at something more literary? No. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> well, I mean, from a purely monetary point of view, literary fiction just doesn't doesn't sell as well. <laughs> and and I, I'm just not interested. Yeah. I like the romantic relationships and and that kind of stuff. Genre genre fiction is pretty much. I don't know if my voice is really suited to literary fiction anyway. Yeah, and it's interesting, everybody, uh, you, look, you look back on your website and you've got, got your books listed by theme. You, you go from anything straight from erotica uh, through to these, these psychological thrillers that, that you're tipping, as you said, to try pure psychological thrillers. So you're, you've almost got the whole spectrum covered, haven't you? Kind of. I mean, uh, I, I, technically I don't write erotica because erotica doesn't contain a romance element usually. So I, I write erotic romance and romantic suspense. Um, 
Um, but I, I put them I put them on by theme on my website because romance readers really like reading certain themes and it's an easy way for them to find out, oh, has Jackie written a friends to lovers book or has Jackie written a billionaire book or what about military heroes? I love military heroes. So it's an easy way for them to find out which books of mine contain those things that they like. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, as I said, I tried to research Jackie this morning, and I couldn't break and enter into into your <laughs> um, what, what what's it called? The um, the House of Ashenden is the, my Facebook group. <laughs> the House of Ashenden, and you can imagine how badly I wanted to get into that with a name <laughs> like that. It was just so romantic, and I couldn't get in everybody. But I will be in there this afternoon, and I will be having <laughs> around. Um, it's gorgeous. So if you do get a chance, um, go go and knock on Jackie's House of Ashenden door and, and go and check out her. It's, it's really, really interesting. All right, I'm going to wrap that up now because uh, I think what you've given us, I don't think we could talk any further and get anything more because I think okay. you've given us you've given us the best. Uh, oh, everyone, oh, I, don't think, I don't think we had a conversation like that on the podcast before, and I'm 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 thrilled, and I'll be listening to it again myself. So you did have some advice uh, for new writers, and this was very early on in the days where you talked about synopses, pitches, and proposals. So I just want to dig a little bit deeper into. Uh, the publishing process using a traditional publishing house because uh, I talked I talked to Jackie everybody and she's not going the indie publishing way and I hear this from a lot of traditional authors you just want to write your novels yep yeah so advice <laughs> to advice to new authors pitches publishers uh, pub, pitches what is it um, oh. synopses and proposals right ah, okay um, I'm guessing you don't have to do that much anymore <laughs> I don't really. But you still have to pitch to publishers. Um, okay, it depends what you want out of your career. That is what my usual first question is because there are very many different markets in the publishing world and it depends what market you want to get into. If you want to get into the print market, you need an agent. Um, and... Because, well, I'm, I'm talking from a romance point of view, um, but I'm pretty sure most, if you're wanting a print contract with a major publisher, you need to get an agent um, and get a good agent because a bad agent is worse than no agent at all. Um, and then you need to understand the market that you are wanting to get into because the print market is different to the digital market. Uh, and what works in a digital environment doesn't work in a print environment and vice versa. Um, if you wanted to get into digital, you, you don't need an agent. Um, but there are a lot of publishers these days that are... Um, <laughs> they don't do so well in the digital environment. So, you know... You might be better off self-publishing, but if you don't want to do the marketing and if you don't want to do the covers and all of that kind of stuff, then um, try for a traditional publisher. Um, Harlequin is really great for new authors. Uh, they give you a lot of editorial feedback um, and, you know, you don't need an agent for them. Uh, if you want to have a print book, Harlequin is probably the best place. This is category romance I'm talking about now. Um, and you can, yeah, you can be published with Harlequin in print without an agent. 
and category romance. But it, it really, I'm, I know it's going to sound a bit pedantic, but it really does kind of matter what you want out of your publishing career. Yeah, and that and that's really really good advice too, Jackie. I think everyone, if if you've got to know what you're doing, you've got to know what what you want, um, and that that's different for everybody. But I am mm. interested that you would say that print and digital are different because most people just yeah. stick their book up at print, digital, and audio and forget it. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about how how those markets are different. Well, digital environment really works for books that are cater to a niche audience um and print has to cater to everybody because the competition for space on print shelves these days is really really intense because shelf space has disappeared because of digital books right and a lot of bookstores have have narrowed down their print shelves so but you've got just as many books for a very limited amount of print and the bookstores, they're all about selling as many books as they can. So they're going to choose books for their um, shelves that appeal to as many people as possible. And, you know, there's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just very difficult. I mean, I'm talking from a romance perspective, okay? So... But, but, you know, most, most, pub, most bookstores, they're just going to want to sell books. So, yeah, you have to cater to as many people as possible, whereas in a digital um, market, you can cater to niche, that, that niche market. For example, male-male um, romance, um, which is a niche market digitally, you cannot, the publishers don't publish print male-male romances because it's such a small market and they can't get them into bookstores. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I'm Does that make here, sense? Yeah, I'm sitting here listening because we, we've. I don't think I've ever unpacked this part of it before, everybody. And, look, your cover with your raw power is clearly, clearly um, to capture interest and, and, and print it's yeah. going to be a bit. Yeah. Now, Kensington are an international publisher. I'm assuming that will go out in, in England, will it, and America? Or? No, no. No, it doesn't. No, it depends on the wins on depends on whether they've sold the print rights to and international print rights. Um, my books are not for Kensington are not on shelves in New Zealand. I don't think they're in the shelves in Australia or the UK. They'll be just in the States. Mm. Well, in a way that's good because that's the biggest market. It is my that's where you know that's where I concentrate all my books. That is my market, yes. Yeah. But I am looking for I mean, the reason I went with Harlequin and published with Harlequin is because they have international rights and they can get my books in print in the UK, Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, and, and we'll yeah. see them here, everybody, which is really exciting. Now, your settings are still New Zealand, aren't they? No, no. Yeah. No, if I, I wanted a print deal with a major US publisher and to do that I had to set my books in the States. That was just one of the compromises. You have to compromise when it comes to stuff. But, you know, my books are about the characters. They're not about the setting. So basically I can set my books whenever, wherever I want to, um, and it doesn't change the story. So I just I set them in the U.S., basically. Um, do, you visit? do you visit the U.S.? Do you have to have research? Yes. No, no, 
if you've got Google Earth these days, you don't have, it really helps having American friends so I can get the, the um, you know, the word choices right because, uh, you know, there's, there, there are differences you don't really think about in, in the way we speak. <laughs> and, that, yeah, anyway, that's, that's been fun. But, yeah, I mean, the only ones, uh, I've, I've written a series for Dare that is actually set in Sydney because they wanted international settings. They didn't want US settings. So I've done that. But yeah, not New Zealand, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a, we had another beautiful lady on, Leanna Morgan, uh, and she's an indie publisher and she sets all her novels in Montana, but she's writing yeah. a New Zealand series now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just those US settings. If, they, if the US is your market, the US settings sell better. Yeah. All right. Now, everybody, we just went off on a complete different tangent, with, but it was just as fascinating. I think if we sat and talked with you all day, I think we would get a wealth of knowledge out of you. <laughs> Learned so much. Um, and it's just it's just um, getting it out of you is, is really oh, look, exciting. I could yeah. talk about publishing all day. <laughs> <laughs> And we could probably listen all day. Everybody could be writing. <laughs> all right. Okay, everyone, if you want to access those articles, um, and they are very good, I, di- I did read through them on synopses, uh, pitches and proposals, which if you're traditionally publishing, you still have to do them. Um, Jackie's having a bit of a cringe because they're a bit old now. But remember, I they couldn't are. get the <laughs> uh, And, look, things change so quickly that there may be some things. But I think being able to structure a good synopsis always was a skill, and I'm assuming it still is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, look, even it doesn't matter. Um, well, for traditional publishing, you have to be able to write a synopsis. I still have to write synopses for every book um, for my editors. So, you know, you, you kind of have to figure out how you put one together. And they're not easy things to write. I still hate writing them. Hate them. <laughs> and that's thirty-eight books later, everybody. Yeah. Um, that you're still you're still having to do that stuff. It's just amazing. Uh, do you have phone conversations with your editors? I'm sticky beaking now. Oh no no I I do. Um, but to be honest with you, I prefer to work this all out myself. I don't particularly want my editors telling me what I should do. <laughs> well, apart from look, what kind of book would you like from me next? And then they will let me know, well, we would like a suspense from you or something like that. But that's as far as I, that's as far as I get when it comes to talking to my editors. I just hand them the book. <laughs> yeah, now everybody, for our international uh, listenership here, uh, we Southern Hemisphere types are very stubborn and very independent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, right and we are we are winding it up I had one more question that's completely gone out of my head all right look thank you Jackie thank you for being such a wonderful wonderful sport and and sharing some really I think some really important messages don't forget everybody it's it's a process and you have to sit down and you have to work through that process yourself and you have to learn your craft Uh, and those external details that we talked about at the end getting your pitch right getting your proposal right it all it all bends towards um, being a professional and treating treating your work uh with the with the care and love that it deserves have i missed anything yeah no that's 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 pretty much it yeah yeah all right thank you um thank you so much for having me (laughs) letting me babble on (laughs) oh look i love it was getting you to start once you started it was absolutely fantastic Um, Uh, (laughs) i told my daughters the other day i'm coming over to the romance writers of new zealand conference are you going to be there yes i will Okay, well, yes, so, we'll so you will see me. <laughs> yeah, we might have a glass of champagne together. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. I'll be up for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for another episode of Writer on the Road. Bye for now.